Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 4, Episode 4 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast, which is slated to come out on June 14th, 2021. And today, we're doing uh, Joe's Soulless Ginger Beer um, that uh, I just brewed over the summer, and a cider from November of 2020. Um so we're gonna we're gonna like see how those end up being, how they end up tasting, um, and uh, kind of go with it. So first is the ginger beer that is six point five percent ABV. It is lightly carbonated, uh, mm-hmm. and it's really meant for mixers. But it's the same recipe that I've used um, in the past. Uh, it's just uh, I made a larger batch of it. Yeah, it. I think we've done this one for the podcast once before. I really liked it then. I still really like it now. It's a little bit drier than the one last time. So I can see your comment about like using it for mixers. But in all honesty, I could drink it just like this. For somebody that maybe likes a little bit of a sweeter drink, put like a little bit of simple syrup in this. And this is great. It is It's not overly complex. The alcohol isn't like super strong. It's only like 6%, so you don't taste that much of it. And it's just unapologetically ginger. Yep. I mean, very spicy, very strong. Not the strongest ginger beer I've ever had, but it's certainly above average. Like, to get a ginger beer this strong, I would have to go to, like, a specialty shop that carries stuff like that. Yep. Um, so I'm really digging it. Yeah. I, well, I've got you a six-pack set aside, mm-hmm. so what do you oh, yeah. take them home? In, in all honesty, uh, because I want my wife to drink them too, uh-huh. is we will probably go get like a two liter bottle of like, what is it? Schweppes ginger beer? Probably uh, saying that name terribly ginger wrong. Ginger ale. Schweppes yeah. ginger ale. Ginger ale. Ginger beer. Ginger yeah. Ginger beer. Yeah, that's right. Um, any of the like, not Canada dries, because Canada dry doesn't actually use ginger. It's mm-hmm. just ginger flavoring. Um, but yeah, one of the good ginger ales and maybe do like half and half. And they would be like a great sort of like Rattler type of situation. Well, you know, I, while, while I agree with that, um, I'll tell you a couple things that I've been doing with this. Mm-hmm. One, I've taken some local uh, whiskey, Heart of the Misket. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I've put a two-ounce pour in the bottom of a beer mug, mm-hmm. uh, and then a little bit of uh, grenadine, mm-hmm. and mixed this together and basically made a, um, I'm going to say a, a, a whiskey and stormy. You know? Yeah, yeah. I could definitely fun. see it. And it is absolutely delicious yeah that's a good point we don't have any rum in the house right now but i need to get some because this would be great for dark and stormies i love those especially if you take the what are they called the painkillers mm-hmm. or that's also um ginger beer rum maybe there's some ginger beer in it well mine will have ginger beer in it i think the other thing is pineapple juice is where i get some of that sweetness from so there's a little bit of that in there to like floral it up a bit um that'd be really good this is still i think one of my favorite things that you make um because it just hits everything perfect. It's not overcomplicated. You don't have to worry about the extra flavors from the yeast or the no. changes in flavors as it aged from like uh, the rinds of fruit and stuff like that. Just a lot of ginger, a little bit of clean alcohol, and, and some nice citrus fruit flavors. Because it's got mm-hmm. a little bit of yep. uh, lemon and lime in there mm-hmm. that just kind of round off that ginger flavor. Exactly, so you get a bunch of the ginger. And the lemon and lime together, and it just, it's just—it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, and the the citrus of it really—it's hard to pin down. Like I'm lemon, I'm lime. It's just that nice 
tropical citrus, the same thing you get from like acid blends, which is why things like lemon and lime work so well is because by having a variety of acids in there, it just smooths everything out. That's like, I think we talked about maybe season one or two. That's one of the big tricks that if you have something come out, that's just like too sharp, doing a little bit of a, a mixture of acids, either a commercial acid mix or just your own really helps smooth that stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did, I also bought you a, a two ounce of the Heart of the Mystic. Okay. Um, so that you could yeah, try that. Try, try that. When there you go. I'm not going to have you do it on the podcast, even though I would love to do it. We'll do it. We'll mm-hmm. do a mixed drink later in the season. Yeah. And th- that'll be one of the mixed drinks that we make. But I want you to like go home and like play mm-hmm. with it um, and see what you kind of think. So I'm going to send you home today with some. Okay. Well, there some, you go. Uh, ginger beer and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it was absolutely a good one. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing that we're looking at is the cider. Now I made this in uh, November of 2020. It's been setting around for about um, a year. It's a little bit less than that. I bottled it in November. I made it in uh, Jan- July, June of 2020. It's now you know June of 2021, and this is a spiced apple wine essentially because it's over seven percent abv but it is a cider mm-hmm. that i made it's not supposed to be carbonated but it's lightly carbonated because of the petalance from the um leftover uh you know gases that were mm-hmm. trapped inside the liquid and it's meant to be like kind of a spiced apple cider like kind of thing that you might have like with um uh you know I don't know. I mean, like, I just, I, I think of it kind of like um, something that I would drink uh, in, in the winter. Yeah, you know? I was going to say that. You know, um, we touched on last podcast that uh, that fruit mead that we said was kind of like beery. Yeah. Um, and we would drink that in the summer. That's yeah, a great sipping fruit. drink. Yeah. yeah. This, this is almost the exact opposite. This is a very good, like, fall, winter yeah. sipping drink. It's uh, over time, it's developed that little bit of funkiness. There's like a little bit of sour to it. There's a little bit of other stuff. It was that there just... from the beginning. You haven't had, you okay. never had this version of cider. Oh, okay. This wasn't, okay. I know there was one I tried a while back and didn't like and We haven't done that one yet. Yeah. But uh, no, that's a good mix. I kind of like that. It's almost like a cider sour. Yep. Um, it's, like, a, it's supposed to be like, I didn't put any Granny Smith apples mm-hmm. in it, but the, the ingredients that I put in there were to make it specifically cider, uh, yeah. sour. Um, so it's supposed to be a bit sour. It's supposed to be a bit... Like refreshing on a um, summer afternoon too, I think, but on a winter afternoon. So like I was thinking if I made a sour apple cider that was like a beer, this would Mm -hmm. be great. And one of the things I love about this um, this cider is that, and I haven't made this one on camera. I'm going to. I'm going to try to recreate the the Mm -hmm. recipe for it, is that it is it is able to last for a while and the flavor change is so wonderful as the malolactic mm-hmm. uh, fermentation happens. I'm going to make this again uh, and I'm going to make it with, uh, um, you know, like wine strength. So probably about 10% mm-hmm. and then um, make it so that uh, I can just age it for a while. Yeah. Like a couple just keep, keep a couple bottles in the closet see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, m- might even put the wraps on top of it and heat shrink it. To, yeah, to yeah. Like make them a little extra airtight. Yeah, but that yeah. could be very good. These are both winners. I really like these two. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud of them. They they're they're things that I'll, I've been 
waiting to mm-hmm. have you drink uh, with me because I'm like, man, you know, like I've, I, I, I guess about four years ago when we started this journey, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I can't make anything that like by myself or come up with an idea that's good because I just don't know enough about this. And mm-hmm. the last four years, just spending time like learning about this and picking your brain and, you know, things like that. I am super proud of this ginger beer. I, the only thing that I want it to do is be more carbonated, mm-hmm. um, which I, I can do that under pressure, but I'd like to have a natural carbonation hit it. Yeah. So I'm going to try that. I'm going to try to work that out a little bit more. Um, I just haven't hit the right mm-hmm. mixture of things. Yeah. I yeah. So. One thing you might do, get like a pH uh, testing strip, see what the pH of this is. Because it might be with all the ginger that's acidic and then all the lemon and lime that's acidic is even if you leave a little bit of sugar left in it, that yeast is having a hard time, you know, churning in that environment. I I did that with this last mm-hmm. one. I have a pH testing kit and it wasn't too high for okay. a ferment. The problem, and I also put some lactic acid in it to, to bring okay. down the, the acid uh, quality a little bit. Uh, but, or I think I did. I, in one of these I did. Yeah. Uh, but what I think ended up happening is the yeast that I used to do this with, mm-hmm. I got too much of it out. I like I find it out. Too oh, much. gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. There wasn't enough of a colony left. Yeah, there. if you've got any of those yeasts that like really compact the bottom well, um, which I generally like, but yeah, if a uh, if a lot falls out of suspension, it can be hard to, as you bottle it over to get a consistent carbonation. Right. Like you'll sometimes get a couple bottles that do really well, um, just so they get kind of lucky. But yep. the rest of them will have a hard time taking off. And, and it's slightly carbonated. It's mm-hmm. not It's not completely uncarbonated. Yeah, it is. It's got like really fine bubbles when you shake it around. Yep. Yeah. It's a, so it does have some, and that gives it like a nice flavor um, as, as you go through. Yeah. It's got a little extra energy on the tongue. So let's talk about Plexamp um, and the modded mini iPod. iPod mini mm-hmm. modded iPods. So I, I did... Uh, last year, there was an episode that I did in season three where we talked about PlexAmp, um, which is the Plex media player that allows you to listen to like FLAC files mm-hmm. on your phone. And I love it. <laughs> like, I've been using it for a year and it is, it is awesome. But we're going to talk about PlexAmp plus Tidal today. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the iPod mini and the iPod fifth gen that I, the fifth gen I've had since, uh, 2007, mm-hmm. 2006. Uh, I bought it when I didn't live here in North Carolina. It's been through a lot. I have taken it apart, repaired it. So the click wheel works properly. I mean, it worked, but it was like stuck. So like I repaired it. So everything works properly, cleaned it up, put, uh, uh took the hard drive out of it and put an SD card in it. And now it is uh, 128 gigs versus the 30 gigs that it was before. Uh, it doesn't quite have enough memory to go up to 256, so I just left it uh, with that. I, I, and full disclosure, I used uh, Dank Pods, uh, which <laughs> is the uh, um, uh, like this guy from Australia that does these really funny and sometimes awesome videos about audio gear he's not super technical but he loves like ipods and stuff like that and he's this drummer dude mm-hmm. um and um he's he's pretty cool like i i mean like i feel like i could like drink beers with him and mm-hmm. hang out and he would be like a fun guy to hang out with and we could nerd out on audio gear all day long uh, but he loves headphones like he you know 
gets into like Behringer and Sennheisers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But he also loves like iPods and things like that. Um, and so we have a lot of things in common when it comes to those particular things. Anyways, so I um, was inspired by him last year to, um, you know, do this. Yeah. And I have loved it. And, and the only reason I'm not letting you talk about it first is I just I want to I just want to put out my experience and then mm-hmm. you can talk about like kind of what you've experienced in just the last little bit with both the headphones the KZXTs that I got that are IEMs and um, these these uh, devices um, and as a bonus I also got a thing that I can plug into them that turns them into like Bluetooth devices oh okay. yeah so that little gray bag that's over there mm-hmm. it has a bluetooth transmitter in it that you can just like hook it up to headphones and listen to like Ooh. whatever you want to so i don't have to be tied to them uh, and it's really nice and it has aptex and everything mm-hmm. like that so i'm pretty excited about this um but first let's talk about Plexamp real quick now i don't think that you actually ever really used Plexamp because you don't have your own plex media server, no i don't which i think is a complete travesty as a as a nerd you should have at least a media player that plays like your favorite music or something mm-hmm. like that where you you have it yeah. available to but you part of my problem is i'm on a journey of self-discovery with music um i'm still i think i talked about it last time um like last season i'm still really loving the youtube music because you can get like actual music and there's the people people have made I don't think I have listened to the same song for more than a week or two in like the last year and a half. Cause there's just, I'm just finding so much stuff at some point I'll settle down and be like, here's my top 500, you know, the things I liked the most and I'll actually go out and buy those musics. And that that's the point I think I'll like run into Plex because look, there's, there's so much out there. I just recently discovered, I don't remember his name. I'm so sorry. Uh, but there's like a composer that goes and makes quote unquote epic versions of like popular media songs. Mm-hmm. And so he's like made epic versions of the soundtracks from like Halo and Star Wars. Yeah. And let me tell you, they're good. So so I completely agree with you. And this is that that guy may disappear in two years. His, yeah. He may delete his YouTube channel. And if he did that, what if you wanted to listen to that music at that point in time? Exactly. That's the thing I'm starting to think about now. You know, like I'm loving moving through stuff, but at some point, because I'm now just getting into more niche music because I don't like most um, popular music now. Yeah. So I'm getting into like more niche music. Some of it I'm really digging. So I feel like, yeah, I'm getting to that point. I need to start, you know, looking at downloading some of this stuff, saving them somewhere. Um, Because I did have one piece of music I really like. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on myself here. Uh, hopefully, this changes no one's opinion of me. But I found uh, in the same run, I think I've, I've talked about. It, I listened to like Mongolian throat singing. That yep. was really cool. Um, I found these like what I thought were like fantasy paladin chants and uh-huh. stuff like that. They're really cool. They kind of have that same feel. They're like mystical. So I would listen to those when I was like updating my D and D characters or stuff like that. Um, and I really liked it and it got taken down and I was really upset that it got taken down until I kept looking for that same song. Cause I, at the time that I, I got it, there were several versions and I just couldn't find anywhere. And then I found out 
that evidently, if you know what the chanting means, uh, it was not fantasy paladin stuff. It was real life Templar stuff uh, about wiping out some people in the Middle East. <laughs> um, so I felt a little bad about that. So maybe that's the tip to anyone. If you're listening to songs that aren't in your native language, maybe find out what the words mean. Um, don't be that person who, who pulls that up. And then someone who does know what it is is like, hmm. Well, so there, there's a little bit of historical stuff there. I mean, just because just because 50 years ago someone did something that was wrong um, and they created something that was beautiful out of this bad thing that they did, it doesn't necessarily mean mean that that work of art has no value. Um, but there are things that like, so if someone was to, maybe they could leave out the, some of the singing mm-hmm. uh, that that's talking about the bad things or they could change some of the words or things like that. Or, I mean, if that's not possible, like in a chant, because that's the whole piece. Yeah. Um, then I, you, you like, you're look, I'm doing this. Yeah. From the research I did not to be like, offensive to people of this kind of area yeah from uh from the research i did um particular songs like that and the reason a lot of them were getting banned from streaming media is that they had been being used in like supremacy videos and oh, stuff yeah, like absolutely. that That's so it was like oh man that on one hand i like that song on the other hand maybe i shouldn't like that song well so i i i think i, I mean this goes back to like um if so I, I like heavy metal, right? Mm-hmm. And there are people that will put heavy metal that I like on things that, I mean, like Black Sabbath, on yeah. things that are offensive to some people. That's very and, true. And, and, sh- and should be. That doesn't mean that Black Sabbath's m- music is offensive in and of itself. Yeah. That, or has no artistic. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, there's a little bit of a decouple of what the artistic value of something is versus what this this other thing is that is a whole other podcast yeah, topic. i am i, I also want to be clear no one should be cruel or prejudice or bad to anyone uh, so i am not saying that this like you should excuse other people doing bad things with something i'm just saying like from a historical standpoint if we have two von throat singing mm. and it says something offensive to a group of people or we have tiki culture, and that can be offensive to a group of Polynesian people. We should be sensitive to that. But also, there is some historical value there. Yeah, like I, I get the core argument. Yeah. You know, and that, that's the age-old argument, right? Like, this is what humanity has been struggling with for the last seven or eight hundred years, probably longer. It's just not really recorded past that. Of the like, where does art have intrinsic value of being art compared to the immediate message of the art? Yeah. Like, I'm sure you can go walking through any, you know, art gallery in the world that features, like, historical art. And probably at that time, some of those paintings weren't okay. And yeah. we just, we've lost the context of it. It doesn't bother anybody anymore because now it's just art. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that there are some things that show slaves. Um, they're depictions of the real world. If we forget that stuff, we forget that the atrocities that were committed. Yeah. We can't, we can't forget them. We shouldn't excuse them. Um, but also, just because art depicts them doesn't necessarily mean that that art has no value or needs to be erased. Yeah. Because then we end up in a place that where we're going into temples that aren't of our religion or our thought process or our philosophy, and we're destroying art that is, you know, 
telling us how history happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so anyway, so I'll get off my philosophical high horse. <laughs> Back to music. Plexamp is an awesome way to mm-hmm. do the thing that you're talking about doing because you get your own streaming service. And if you want something that like also pulls in some things like Tidal, you can buy a Tidal subscription and use Plexamp together and those libraries are combined. Okay. So like there are a lot of people who will stream things on YouTube, but they also stream them. They also put them on all like Spotify mm. and Tidal and stuff like that. And you have that available. To yeah, you. that's true. I hadn't considered that part of it. Maybe I need to hit up Tyler Spotify and see how much of my weird funky music they have. Yeah, you, pro- you probably should. Um, but, but I mean, even with that, like even if they don't have the weird funky music, you can like put your weird funky music on your personal. That's true. Like, Thing, and then anything that's not weird funky music that you're trying to listen to or trying to explore, you can explore it through that. I I've, I loved Google Play Music when it was Google Play Music. I don't love YouTube music as much. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't let me do some of the things like I can't do family sharing and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really it isn't a replacement because I used to really be into Google Play Music too, and I was really sad when that went away. Yeah. Because that was much closer to a real music replacement. Um, in terms of like, I talked about that. Um, I like at some level having an all, all integrated store for music. Um, I don't, I never really gelled with iTunes, but Google play was really good because I could get actual albums as well as like anything the artist decides to put yep. it for free. So like a lot of songs were on there, maybe not their greatest hits, but you know, there was still a lot of great free music to discover. Um, YouTube's very opposite of that where it's really is just all, this is music some big artists have put up, but then also here is five million songs from random people. Um, I do like though they have converted some of the like meme music videos yeah. <laughs> into just the song, so you can yep. still watch the video if you want. But there was one um, God, I must have watched it like a decade ago. I was in college. It was I think I think it was like the Harvard Talent Contest mm-hmm. or something like that. And he kind of played some nice little like Latin inspired song. But what was so great about it is he spends the first minute purposely playing terrible and being really awkward and like wiping his brow. He was like sweating. And then like once he's done, he said, okay. And then he flips the guitar over to his actual yeah. hand and just blows it away. <laughs> um, I've seen that before. That's, that is both hilarious and awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, other methodology with which you could do this and something that I'm enjoying is an, a standalone music player. So mm-hmm. Funfio and uh, other companies make modern versions of this. Sony still has their Walkman series. But I've found that I really like the Wolfman DAC that's in my fifth gen iPod. Uh, that's a, just, it, it's pleasing to my ears. I, I enjoy it. But what's so nice about having a standalone player is when someone calls you, it doesn't interrupt mm-hmm. your music. When someone sends you a text message, it doesn't interrupt your music. When an app decides it wants to tell you that you haven't paid attention to it in the last 10 minutes, it doesn't interrupt your music. Yep. So I love that I was able to take my iPod and mod it to hold basically most of my music collection. Um, and I still got a little bit of room to add a little bit more if I want to, you know, like, uh, I've been digging some of the music from the cyberpunk soundtrack, um, and some other like kind of, um, retro eighties, um, 
cyber, you know, wave kind of music. Um, and I've been able to put that on there and I've get, I've got great sound quality. I can switch out wired or with the, you know, new wireless dongle mm-hmm. thing. I can have some of my wireless headphones and I have a good collection of headphones now. And so I get to listen to it in like all sorts of different formats and it still has a 3.5 millimeter or 2.5 millimeter. I can't remember. But anyways, mm-hmm. the small audio jack that goes on it. So like, that's really awesome. Yeah. What it, what it, what are your thoughts on that? Like the, it, it, and I mean I know you kind of like don't mm. you aren't attached to like a hardware media player. Yeah, not anymore. But that used to be, like back in college, when I listened to music. That's what I did. Uh, I could never afford like the really good music players, but I would buy the kind of crappy ones. I'd open them up. Um, if they if you could install additional hardware space, I would. Um, I go in and like put in new buttons or fix the buttons that are on them. Cause I'm one of those people on listen to music. I just can't leave it alone. Yep. Like I lower and raise the volume as the song is going on. So I will tear through buttons. Um, so, you know, I did modifications like that and they, they were really fun. And in all honesty, I'm definitely going to look into Plex, um, especially cause it can integrate with some stuff. But for like, when I just want to listen to some music or I want to throw just like some podcast audio on there. Cause I, I can't not listen to music when I go out and like exercise. And I've got this nice little walking trail. that's about an hour long to go around it in two loops. I always bring my phone, my Bluetooth headset to have something like one of those that just has like my favorite stuff on it that I could loop through. Uh, it's pretty attractive to me. And you kind of, you, you saved it there. Cause my only complaint was going to be, man, I've really moved away from, like physical connection, headphones when I exercise. I wouldn't mind doing it when I'm just like sitting at home and listening to music, but I don't want like the cables and stuff when I'm going out for like a long walk. But if uh, you've got little Bluetooth adapters for it that connect them together, that, that might solve that problem. So I think, I think what works for me is taking my phone for like exercise and stuff like that. Um, because I don't care if I get a little interrupted, you know, like somebody calls me or something while mm-hmm. I'm exercising. Um, you know, generally me huffing into my, my microphone as I'm like, you know, doing stuff tells them to, you know, screw mm-hmm. off, go away. <laughs> um, you know, and, and if it's something important, you know, I'll, I'll stop exercising when, um, when it comes to just pure, like sitting in my armchair, sipping some whiskey and listening to music, there are only two things that are better than, than me having my, uh, iPod. And the first is having my dedicated headphone amp and DAC. Mm-hmm. And the second is having like a hi-fi system that I don't own yet. And it's for the convenience of sitting like in that other room, this in the library and reading and just listening to some music mm-hmm. and it being great sound quality. Just can't beat having like a dedicated audio. Yeah. Like, I think it, the, the use cases though, I think line up, like how we're using, like what we're doing when we're using them is different. But you want it to be real quiet when it's your you time. Yeah. And you get to have your you time at home. Yeah. Well, I have a toddler. Yeah. My (laughs) my you time is when I am out walking. Um, You know, if she, because, you know, it's just good. You put her to bed at seven, but she might not actually fall asleep till nine. She knows how to open doors now. So she'll just come right out and be like, Dad, I had a bad dream. Or worse, Dad, I'm hungry. (laughs) <laughs> because then there's that fight like well you just brush your teeth it's like oh, but I'm hungry I'm not gonna go to sleep unless you feed me 
I want this terrible thing. And it's like, well, how about one of these healthy things? No, nah, no, nah, I don't know about that, Dad. <laughs> I'll I'll complain about it. So let's um let's talk about the KZXT headphones mm-hmm. um, before we kind of wrap up the podcast. Uh, so I I another thing that I saw on Dank Pods. Uh, this is I guess the Dank Pods episode, <laughs> but uh, he he was talking about like headphones they liked and mm-hmm. their monitors, and he talked about these. And I think they're a Chinese brand company that does like audio. Mm-hmm. And they have some like really high high profile audio like in ear monitors, but they make inexpensive um, modular IEMs. And basically, I've replaced uh, um, the uh, ear um, cups. The the um, mm-hmm. uh, what are they called? It's uh, the the uh, rubber. Yeah, the little foam under. filling. Yeah, and I put I made foam. I got, well, I got mm-hmm. foam um, ones for it. And so my investment in both of these is probably around fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. One was eighteen, one was twenty-five, and then it was about five bucks for the phone. And so uh, I didn't have any problem with the cable that came with them, but you can replace the cable. Yeah. Uh, and um, the the two headphones they sound very different. One of them is a little bit brighter, um, and it's not as deep in the bass. And the other mm. one. Like when I'm listening to bass heavy tracks, is really deep. The white ones yep. uh, are, and so th- there are two different models. Um, I can I can probably look them up and, and link them in the um, in the show notes. But I think that for fifty dollars for two pairs of headphones that are in ear monitors that I can take and they kind of isolate noise and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they are pretty on par with even like a, Salix, uh, a Samsung Galaxy Buds or something mm-hmm. like that. And they have clearer audio. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, they really punch up for their weight class. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to put some money into modifying them to be exactly how like you liked. But even when you include that and you say they're $50, I have bought like $40, $50 in-ear buds that don't have anywhere near the audio quality. And, you know, you pointed out they're not perfect. Uh, one of them, the highs were a little bit tinny, and the other one, um, you know, they had better highs but didn't have as good a bass. But realistically, when you're talking 50 bucks for, especially in-ear, like 50, they, well, maybe I should put it that way. And they have the sound quality I expect from a 50 to $75, like, full-sized headset. Yeah. And they're doing that in such a small package. Yeah. And the fact that they're modular and you mm-hmm. can, and they're, they're, there's even like a Bluetooth module that you can buy and put, I mean, it would, it changes the price to like $200 for, per set of headphones, but there's a Bluetooth module you can put. Yeah. On these and, and, and realistically, is that the thing you talked about in the gray bag? No, oh. no, that, okay. that, that makes the iPod. So gotcha. Like the, these, you can get a Bluetooth module that you clip on the back and it makes them, um, you know, basically like buds that you put mm-hmm. in ears like, a um, uh, and, iPod Pro yeah. or something like that. But here's the thing. If, because it's modular, and because I'm assuming you're not fusing those headphones to that Bluetooth module, yes, if you look at it as this is my one pair of headset, it went from $50 to now $200 because I bought this Bluetooth piece, you can move that Bluetooth piece around between multiple headsets. But it has to have the same connector. Yeah. But, but that would probably yeah. be most of their equipment. At least some of the ones that are in this class. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, no, I mean, yeah. That, that's like a standard that you can mm. buy for IEMs. So you, okay, you then just yeah. move it around between different IEMs. Then yeah, then all honestly, I would consider that. That's like its own thing. I yeah. would include that in the price of the headset. Oh, what yeah, the headset's doing, the sound quality, everything like that, is really on point for that price point. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, I'll I'll include links in the in the thing. If somebody wants to check them out, they they totally could. I don't think we we aren't an Amazon affiliate or anything like that. Um, one of them I got on eBay. The other one I got on Amazon. But they're I mean really great stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, you should totally check them out. Um, well, I think that's going to be the end of this episode of this podcast. Uh, next time we're probably going to talk about the ubiquity breach that happened a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll see what how far we get into some of our other topics. Otherwise, thanks so much for listening. We have social media stuff down in our comments, and there'll be some links to some of the things we talked about in the podcast. But uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great day.